Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Bada Binga, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. You're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame 2011. And you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya. And I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold Set Show. The world is listening. Four, 
Welcome, welcome once again to the whole indie show right here on the SNS Radio Network. This is Ashley calling. Well, no, I'm not really calling, I'm just speaking. But joining me, I don't know whether he wants to call or something else, is my co host, Mr. Randy McWilliams. Rand, what, do you, what do you want to do? Are you calling? Um, I guess I'm calling. We'll we'll go with that then, since that's the first option. Present it. <laughs> we're all we're, we're all calling. We're all calling. We're not balling. MVP, don't take us up on that. But anyway, quickly jump into. Well, I think we'll first one we'll mention is the passing of Mike Graham. Yeah, that's. Very sad thing to talk about in some a bit of dark news that we had this week in wrestling. Yes, certainly, because it wasn't it wasn't a brilliant week because I think it was twenty four hours before that we found out that one of the I don't know if he's one of the he wasn't one of the mainstays of CZW, but certainly he got his most of his notoriety from CZW I default. And that was brain damage. Yeah, um brain damage was a big mainstay in CZW for a decent amount of time. Like I had when I first started watching CZW, I remember seeing brain damage there back in about two thousand ten. Late two thousand, yeah, late two thousand ten. And he had already he had been there in for a while. He had been there since I believe two thousand five, and had won the Iron Man Championship twice, which uh, championship they don't have anymore. The Ultraviolet Underground Championship two times, which is essentially their hardcore title. Which yeah, it sounds weird for an Ultraviolet company like ZZW. That's like the equivalent of what it was, kind of the hardcore title or the matches that would specifically be ultra-violent that they would, which would make a bit more sense later on, kind of now, because those would be the times when they would do it, which isn't all the time, even though anyway, it wasn't all the time either way, but oh well. And also, he won a Tournament of Death, the fast-forward to win back the Iron Man Championship, which was a special Tournament of Death they had back in, I believe, 2008. Is it either 08 or 07? I believe it's 08, yeah. And he had been a part of cult fiction, and they had a big storyline back in uh, throughout 2010, the cult fiction, which was, at the time, it was brain damage. Lucky 13 would end up uh, uh, would end up joining them. He was originally just Lucky, and then he became 13 with the T, and then the Hurt, and then Ian at the end, and then the Hurt in capital letters. And um, J.C. Bailey was also in the group before he passed away. And uh, who else? And Masada was also in the group. Current CCW World Champ. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then JC Bailey passed away two years ago. And they ended. And Eddie Kingston. And they were against the Suicide Kings, who was Danny Havoc, Eddie Kingston, Drake Younger, and um, oh, I'm drawing a blank right now. That's uh, Scotty Vortex. 
And so then J.C. Bailey died, I think, just before that Eddie Kingston quit. And he was the tag team champions at the time with Drake Younger. And then Drake Younger ended up turning on Suicide Kings. And then Devin Moore took... I think he... Yeah, he was already... He took over Eddie Kingston's place. And then Drake Mm. Younger turned on him. And then he was on the Cult Fiction team in the Cage of Death. But he wasn't a part of Cult Fiction. And um, Dysfunction ended up replacing Drake Younger. And then CZW ended up winning that one. And then he would make his last appearance at... um, and his last wrestling match, too, sadly, back at um, Cerebral last year in a victory against Matt Tremont as part of Matt Tremont's deathmatch trial at the time. Yeah, let's have a quick look through. Which was also, the, uh, sorry to cut you out there, which was also the main event of that show, too. Pretty yeah. interesting match if you like the ultraviolet stuff. Just looking through some of the some of the matches that he's had over his career. The Tournament of Death 4 that he was in. He took on Beef Wellington in the two out of three falls first round, but then got knocked out in the semi-final with the fans bring the weapons match against Necro Butcher. Yeah. Interesting couple of names here. For the NWA Midwest Tag Team title in a six-team scramble in IWA Mid-South, it was... The Black and the Brave, which is Tyler Black, who is Seth Rollins, I believe, and now in yes, uh, they retain their titles. Brain Damage was in it, but also two other now WWE names: Chris Hero and Claudio Castagnoli, aka the King. Well, at the time, the Kings Cesar- of Wrestling. Cesar- well, Cesaro and Cassano, yeah, and Necro Butcher was in that as well, and. Having a quick look for as well. Well, some other things as well is um, he is very known if you did see his deathmatch style for some of the stiffest punches ever. Like, there's a video I remember watching after he had died, too. It was him and Necro Butcher. And if you've seen Necro Butcher matches, you know how he's stiff, too. I think he pretty much beat Necro at Necro's game, where they just sit down and just do the punches. Because Brain Damage was known for that very hard-hitting wrestler at that level on Deathmatch. And he also was in Chikara, of all places, too. Teaming up yeah. with, uh, uh, at their King of Trios 2009, teaming up with Necro Butcher and Toby Klein as the Deathmatch Kings. Losing to the eventual winners in the first round, Team Fist. And then Brain Damage had a kind of rather infamous, not really an infamous moment, but a rather interesting moment. When he call, when he said uh, when he called fist douchebags, and you know how Chikara has the PG image, the fans reminding him of that, <laughs> and him kind of questioning why can't he say douchebags? That is actually pretty cool. Let's <laughs> quick look. We've also got he was in IWA East Coast where he was in a cheese grater on a pole match. <laughs> you gotta love that. Uh, tournament of Death Five. He got to the final, but. Missed out there with the fans bring the weapons like due ropes. So, about three stipulations there. In a way, he's kind of like an ultraviolet Roderick Strong, and where Roderick Strong would always end up, never really won a lot of tournaments, but always was in the finals or was always picked to go really far. Yeah, IWA Mid South got the tag titles. That was his first title. Then, roughly a year later, he got the. Ultraviolet Underground title from Drake Younger and a barbed wire, barbed wire ropes, pane of glass, barbed wire board. 
This is confusing. Yeah, a lot of what we- just know a lot of weapons were involved in that um, title change. Yeah, Toll on of Death Six. The month after that, lost to the guy he beat for the title the month before, Drake Younger, and which is an interesting little angle to go there. Yeah. Uh, just a quick look. There was one I noticed as well, which was an interesting name because it also regards something in the news this week, and that's yeah. Sammy Callahan. Mm-hmm. Had a good set of matches with him, and yeah, before I get to Sammy, because, yeah, that was the last title by the looks of it that he held. Brain damage, and Sammy took it off him, the Iron Man title, at the 10th anniversary show. You know, yeah. But yeah, both me and Randy and both, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to Brain Damage's family at this yeah. time. Yeah, it's very sad to hear what did happen, especially when you hear about all the things saying that he was uh, one of the nicest guys, regardless of he was ultra-violent and how he lived his yeah. lifestyle. Regardless of the reputation. And there's been a lot of speculation onto his death, which I won't get into, one, out of respect for the family, and two, even if it is, it, it just, it's just sad enough that he's gone. So we'll leave it at yeah. that. But, yeah, I mentioned Sammy Callahan, and this week he was involved... Well, actually, for the past couple of weeks, he's been involved with WWE. Most notably being on a this week's dark match for the SmackDown tapings. In which he faced Johnny Curtis. Except it isn't NXT Johnny Curtis, nor is it kind of the last NXT Johnny Curtis that was I saw, which was like... Some kind, kind of like Juice and Domino, but rubbish. <laughs> and this time his angle seems to be something regarding a cross between Tito Santana's Matador and Strictly Ballroom. The 90s comedy movie with, directed by Baz Luhrmann. What it is, he comes out to tango music and has got sparkly clothes on as if he's going to do, like, ballroom dancing. And then when he wins his match, he places a rose on top of the person that he's beaten. What is that all about, WWE? But apparently... I don't know either. <laughs> Interesting character, I will say, but... I don't know if it will get over, but... Apparently, Sammy has actually also been doing private tryouts with WWE for the past couple of weeks and they've apparently been impressed with him which considering you've got other people that are known for their hardcore nature already in there like Seth Rollins or hell even his part- his old partner back in ZZW Dean Ambrose aka John Moxley back then mhm that's perfectly it's perfectly fine to have him in because he's certainly an accomplished wrestler. That the Iron Man match that he had at New Heights was it two months ago? Was it three months? Ago? Um, let me see. Yeah, that would have been a few. I think July, yeah, about three months ago. 
So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I I hope it goes well for him because I'd like to see him on NXT in some shape or form. Okay, he won't be able to do anything ultra violent, but yeah. Well, he isn't really. Well, Sammy Callahan isn't really. At one point, he was an ultra violent wrestler, but if you've heard and he mentioned this on Colt Cabana's Art of Wrestling that he doesn't do that anymore or at all really he's done it like a couple times in the past but nothing but he doesn't really do that anymore he wrestles more that that reminds me of two things one hey Colt and two two, we might as well continue with the Colt because this week coming weekend is Probably crunch time for NWA in the shape of the finale of the seven stages of hate, which we haven't really been able to cover properly because not all the matches, I believe, are out there at the minute. Over the course of this week, building up to their seventh scheduled match, there's been a YouTube video actually posting up like an edited if you put the two videos together it's about a 40 minute roundup of what's happened in the first six Mm. so we might as well go through it here the story goes that it was April 2011 I think it was even mentioned on the SNS Facebook page then that Colt Cabana won the title from Pierce and they yeah. decided to spoil it ahead of it being released, I think, that week on DVD and on demand. Because it was that big. Because I think Adam had had a, a pretty long title reign, hadn't they? Yeah. Yeah, Adam Cole had it. For, or, excuse me. Yeah, Adam Cole, right? I don't Adam Pierce. Oh, Adam Pierce. I'm like, I thought. Too many Adams. Although, yeah, although Adam Pierce did look. Does, if you've seen younger Adam Pierce or a picture of a younger Adam Pierce, he looks a lot like Adam Cole does <laughs> kind of now. And I'm not even fucking kidding you. He actually does. But yeah, Adam Pierce did hold the, he's held the WWE world title a few times now. And one point, uh, dropping it on a ROH pay-per-view against Brent Albright back at death before dishonor six, I believe. Yeah. Six. So, yeah, that happened, and I think then Pierce, along the line, got the title back. And yeah. then nearly a year to the day when he lost the title in 11, this April, he lost it again to Cabana. And I think, yeah. like, the well, no, the, the, the time in 11, he lost via submission. And then the second time, he won via a roll-up. But it was a, it was like a seated roll up, you know, like uh, Rey Mysterio does when he holds the legs down. Yeah, that style finish. And let's just say Adam was not happy with this result and started getting depressed and put together this crazy idea of I want a seven stages of hate. I guess three stages of hell isn't good enough. It's now seven stages of hate. But this is pretty much gone for every month since April. So May, June, July, yeah, August. So yeah, every every month from May to October, there's been a match. 
We started off with a first blood match, which Cabana won. Then we had... And actually, if you want to see that, that match is up on NWA Hollywood's YouTube channel. No, um, now no longer NWA Hollywood Championship Wrestling well, yeah, from Hollywood. But it's, it's, that, that account has still got the same name, so... That promotion from Hollywood that you can see L Train at shows on. Yeah, yeah, you can actually see you can actually see L Train on there. He uh, um, look for him if you do watch him in a Punch Out. Sure, he's actually there when Cabana won the title. I remember I tell he was telling you, he me that a, he needs a sign that says Crowley, then we'll recognize it. <laughs> <laughs> I know L Train listens, oh, so man. hi L Train. <laughs> It looks like the British fans got uh, got mentioned, or at least Taz's mention of them was included on the most recent Botchamania. Crelly signed bit on Botchamania. Oh, that no. That was going to be one of the stories. Crelly made it on Botchamania. Again. <laughs> Apparently, his life, is now, his life is now complete. Now he can yeah. go to WrestleMania and get on Botchamania that way. Yeah, he's been having a pretty good week so far in wrestling wise. Got to was at Impact, Bound for Glory. He got inserted game that came out that apparently was it supposed to say, but oh well, he got it either way. No, he's got the he can say that he's got the game because it's uh, party thing. It's just up until the game's released next week, he can't talk about it. Because <laughs> I've seen the I've seen the thing that he's had to register up to in order to actually get the thing. And oh, if he does, yeah. it could be like the Halo 4 situation. Perm ban. IP ban. Yeah, I don't think Crowley's going to be talking about that anytime soon. So you're going to have to wait yeah. about... Well, actually, I should say how many times you're going to have to wait about because it's a podcast, so let's not worry about <laughs> the calendar. Yeah. But, yeah, getting back to Seven Stages of Hell, the second one was a Boston Street fight, which Cabana won. So 2 now. Then the third was an I Quit, which was very interesting from what I've seen in the highlights, which eventually Cabana won that one as well. So it looked like it's going to be clean sweep. But then the tide turned, match four, the two out of three falls. The first fall actually went to both guys because both their shoulders were on the mat. So actually it was a two-fall match. Which I think thanks to Brass Nux, Adam Pierce, hashtag heel or whatever you want to call it, walked out as the new champion, but also three one in the series, so making his way back. Then there was a dog collar match, which was brutal in Boston, and that was he won that and retained the title, so three two. And then last month was the Texas Death Match, which is most notorious because at the end, he set Cabana on fire. And don't oh, yeah. worry, he didn't properly set him on fire. It was the old, fire, uh, I call it the Undertaker Mankind trick, <laughs> with the soaked, the soaked piece of tissue paper, which was set on fire, so it looks huge. Whereas actually, it's only a mild kind of flame. It's not flesh paper. Well, it's it's like the lighter fluid on the table. 
Yeah. After 10 seconds, the flames just go, there's no fuel here, screw it, I'm going out. <laughs> but because of that, Cabana couldn't add to the 10 count, so PS retains and it's free all. The final match is set to be a steel cage match in Melbourne, Australia. But this week the news came through that apparently the NWA officials, appalled by the actions of Pierce, have called it off. Somehow I think this is just hype and promotion, so this yeah. weekend it will be happening. So I guess in some variation of picks, Randy... Who's going over? I think it's Cabana. There's been a, there's been talk about how uh, Pierce is retiring because earlier, I believe last year or so, there was his, he had a neck surgery and it was and they didn't know for sure whether he was going to come back or not, or he was debating on whether to retire. And then he had the whole last ride thing, which is now his finisher, the lariat he uses. But um. Other than that, I don't know, maybe Pierce has it. Maybe Pierce does again, but I kind of see this Cabana beating Pierce and then Pierce retiring after that. Yeah, I see. I'm going to see Cabana probably go over and Pierce. Or... I think this is why Pierce is doing this, to have his monumental like final shot. Yeah. It's because, to be quite honest, although we haven't seen the, all the matches of it, the whole context of it has it up there for being in consideration for Feud of the Year. Possibly. I've seen about, I think I've seen four or five of the matches. I know I've seen the first couple of them. But, yeah, I can't remember what the YouTube channel is, but if you search hashtag seven stages of hate on YouTube, you will find the two videos that got put up this past week with, reg with regards to rounding up what's happened if you haven't seen them. But certainly the first match is up on the old NWA Hollywood <laughs> YouTube channel. So you'll f you can see that. And you can also, I think, see the match from formerly NWA Hollywood, the, where Colt regained the title this past April as well. Mm. But check them out, because they are actually some very good matches. And it's a shame that I haven't been able to check them out. It's, they're not on YouTube, does <laughs> But that is another thing that wasn't on YouTube, sadly. Apparently there was a fight happened in New Jersey last week. Legends of the Ring convention involving Harley Race and Vader. Oh, yes, I've heard about this very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently Vader was being nasty around the fans and Race was unhappy, so give, gave a mention to him. Vader basically said something that pissed off Harley. So Harley punched Vader in the head. So then Vader went to punch back but accidentally hit a promoter in the face who got in between them. And they worked out their issues eventually after all that happened. And Vader left and 
this was despite the fact he was, I think, still supposed to be doing autographs or something. And then when Harley was asked about it, he just said, Leon will never change. So apparently we nearly saw another situation of him, I guess, doing it a Brian Danielson and trying to grab somebody by the tie and throttle them to death. <laughs> so Harley races Justin Roberts is set. Harley Race still <laughs> managed to beat up on Vader even though he's forced to sit down on a wheelchair now. Apparently, well, I don't know. I wasn't there in person for the incident, sadly. Oh no, Vader's had a bad luck of picking fights with the wrong people. Just ask when Paul Orndorff whooped the shit out of him. Mm. Back in 95 in WCW. What makes me think somebody's trying to do customizable characters now in Mortal Kombat? Vader versus Psycho Sid. <laughs> Although as big as Vader is, you'd imagine, and as stiff as he wrestles, you'd imagine he can at least beat somebody down. Like, he did say that he didn't attack Paul Orndorff, so for the benefit of the doubt, if he did strike him, maybe he would have knocked him out. But I don't know. <laughs> I've heard about Orndorff being tough. And he still beat him up in sandals. <laughs> And for Psycho Sid, no cutlery is allowed. <laughs> Paperclip on Anderson. That's all I'm saying. Yes, that's all that needs <laughs> to be said about that. <laughs> now, there's uh, an interesting little controversy. How he did he get jail time is, will be surprising to me. This is an interesting little controversy as well regarding UK indies. Uh, word is from the Observer that there was an issue with Davy Richards and Future Shock Wrestling a few weeks ago. Apparently Davy wrestled for the promotion facing Jack Gallagher and accidentally knocked him out. Richards wasn't supposed to win the match, but because he was knocked out to save the match, he pinned him, thus becoming Future Shock Wrestling Champion. The promoters understood Richards' decision on the assumption that he'd come back to drop the title, and Richards agreed to do so. Dave Powell, the owner, has claimed that Richards pulled out two days before the planned rematch that was supposed to take place on October the 5th, saying he wasn't going to get on the plane for anything less than twice the agreed fee. Powell couldn't afford it, so they asked Richards if he could send in a video promo to say he was sorry for not attending the event. He did, but it was sent 20 minutes after the show started. Meant, meaning that Future Shock had no time to look at its quality until they played it after the main event. The sound and video quality turned out to be pretty bad, and it also wasn't what they wanted Richards to say, as he instead ripped on the company in the promo. Davey then sent an email to Damien Smith of the promotion the same night, saying, I've told you and Dave now that I'm not coming over because we couldn't agree on the price. Like I said before... Since I'm champion, my price has to go up, so my old fee needs to be at least doubled before I come over. We might have a contender for douchebag of the year. Yeah, that's, um... Uh, yeah, that's... It's... Speechless as I'm starting to sound <laughs> yeah, like this. It's so... like... This isn't the first time is what makes it worse. 
and you look at the whole incident that happened in in Iowa over the a couple months back with the whole team bandit thing that went down at three hundred and fifty dollars and stuff like that. And then now he's asking for double to be champ when he wasn't supposed to be champ in the first place. Now I can understand if they're flying the flying out thing, you can I understand he's a big star and he can command some money. That's fine. <laughs> like, I understand you're trying to get paid or whatever. That's fine with me if you're getting your pay. But when it's at the expense of him and then they try to cover it up, the fact that he you won't make the show. And then you go on to shit on him in the promo sense saying you can't make it there. Like He really doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> he truly doesn't. <laughs> Like, what the fuck is going on here? Wasn't that thing where he and a few other guys screwed the promotion over? I don't know if it was the UK. I think it was one of the US Indies, the, wasn't it? The Iowa one. And even with that, even you look at, like, Kyle O'Reilly, who, even though he was involved in the incident, he's the only one that's really shown sorrow for it. And then Cozina is whatever. We, yeah, I can really care less about Cozina. Nothing, well... And there was the whole thing with Ryan Kidd and all that, and then it's just this has not been looking good for Davy Richards at all. From what was a decent start to this year is gone. Even though wrestling wise, he's still performing at a high rate. It's just very a lot of personal issues starting to come up again, or controversy that he's yet again a part of with. And it's sad that like every major, almost every major promotion in some way, or even like smaller indies have had trouble. And that's not necessarily that all of them have to an extent, but like PWG, he's no showed shows a few times before. Ended up losing the world title because of Japan and the, the new Japan thing and all that. It's just like he really doesn't care, and he's all been practically kicked out of almost every. <laughs> promotion or like reprimanded for behavior like this well not necessarily behavior like this so much because it's a bit more of the smaller indies but just like just davy being davy pretty much it's the best way to fucking describe it it's davy being davy i've said a couple of little bits of news that's worth mentioning on this weekend's pay-per-view, Helen and Cell, which you'll be getting Randy's picks from later, apparently the pre-show is set to be having Cena's explanation regarding the whole AJ situation. So rather than put a match on, they're putting on, I guess, a promo segment, which as long as, as, long as they don't do it again on the pay-per-view makes sense. To be quite honest, if you, you want see to this storyline, yeah, wait, do it on pay per view. I could see Cena's explanation being something like this: that he had something to eat that night, but it wasn't on his dinner table. If you know what I mean. Oh God! Mm. Although Rock's Trent Beretta, be, who I found coming in and saying, "You stealing my pie, bitch." <laughs> Although now I found out that AJ's boyfriend or whatever is Trent Beretta. Oh. As we pull behind the curtain for this one. And yeah, that's an interesting one. I didn't know. <laughs> it's very interesting. But, yeah. 
nothing regardless of his status, which is not necessarily bad. He's not really on TV that we see in America <laughs> in, yeah. in NXT, but he's on that and is doing well. He can bump really good, <laughs> as evidenced by his match against Drew McIntyre and Hawkins, two back on superstars, when he did yeah. the topic on Hilo and went splat. <laughs> That that was actually a sound effect of the actual thing. It's just spat. Yeah. That's what it sounded like completely. Comic book ripoff. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Bret Hart is apparently filming some new stuff for his upcoming WWE DVD release, which is apparently, as he calls it, unseen, unseen on DVD matches. So I'm guessing some of his old stuff possibly from well WWE certainly that wasn't in the original release with his stuff also some probably WWE uh, WCW I mean possibly even I don't know whether they'd have the rights to some of the stuff that he did because I'm pretty sure he wrestled somebody on a Owen Heart tribute show that wasn't WCW, like an indie one. I mean, I can't be sure, but mm. he, he's put it in quotes never before seen. So I think even he's like, people have seen this. So then that should be coming out next year. Speaking of, well, numbers wise, because I think quite a lot of people would be interested in that. Not a lot of people. And a lot of people were interested in Bound for Glory. The Apparently America hates it because, well, mm. probably, possibly not hates it, but didn't promote it enough, which seems to be, as mentioned by the guys on Sunday Night Showdown for the last pay-per-view and also Bronx TNA Chat Live, promotion seems to be key. Most notably, the cinemas. They had it in, I think it was about 50 or 60 theatres, roughly, across America, that participated in it. Apparently the word is there was about 700 people across all 60, Mm. which is averages out at eight people a screen. (laughs) Yet, across the pond, over in the UK... When it was broadcast on Challenge TV for free, it gave Challenge TV their highest ever ratings for anything. Mm. Which, considering their previous highest ratings, have probably been about 1.3 million people. If it's above that, and considering it's one of the fringe digital channels over here, I don't mean fringe the TV series for you American. I'm trying to trying to think of the equivalent. It's a, it's a channel which has stuff on, but I don't think is made aware of enough. So possibly like something like Stars or I'm trying to think of another slightly obscure no, American no. TV channel. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, like IFC. How to say IFC like. Yeah. Uh, BBC America. Oh, there we go. 
Something like that. Live Well Network, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but that kind of thing. So the fact that they've had their highest ratings and probably was one of the top 20, 25 most watched shows that night, last Wednesday, the 20, well, 17th it would have been. I think that shows you, and that explains why the fact that they're going to do not two, but four impact tapings in the UK. Two in Manchester and two in London when it comes around in January. Because, as I've said before, it's the fans make it. And if you can have fans that are really into it in Manchester and London rather than three stupid girls pouring beer over Crelly's signs, then I'm all for it. Especially if Crelly's signs get more beer on them at the UK tapings. <laughs> but, yeah, what, what's your take on the differing fortunes <coughs> across, across the pond for both countries, Randy? Well, it's uh, literally and figuratively a tale of two worlds there for TNA as across the pond, well, here uh, on, the west, on the west side of the Atlantic here in America, TNA not really, I should say not necessarily a big deal because it is in a way for wrestling fans, but it hasn't really made necessarily the mainstream impact that TNA does and I don't know necessarily if that if TNA is as big or on par with WWE at, in the UK I'm not necessarily sure on that for sure but I have seen that the British fans do like TNA they still like WWE too but there's a there's a market there for TNA in the UK which is something that they should definitely try to capitalize on and have been especially when you have the with them having the um the reality show with the Blossom Twins, Rockstar Spud, and Marty Scroll. So I've got some hopes for that, but I'm not overly huge for it. I what what I think they need to do is something like Ring Car King and just have it based out of the UK. Yeah, that could be interesting. And have you it be, have, have it be a UK exclusive. Especially because you do have, they have signed a lot of UK talent before that sometimes doesn't necessarily get used. One big example being Mark Haskins. Well, no, he's apparently got released. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He <laughs> did get released. But you could have some of the, like Grinker King, you could just have some of the talent that isn't in WWE anymore. Or whatever you want to do. Or even have some of the guys from OVW go over Possibly. there. Or the British talent you have there, they're still, I'd imagine, a decent market to find. Douglas hasn't done a lot. Rob Terry needs to, well, Rob Terry might do something, but probably Robbie E will be there, and then people will just go, yeah. <clears throat> you like Zack Ryder, except you're even worse now, because he's a jobber. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they but, should have a Geordie Shore representative to make fun of that. Have their own little slice of 
Well, Af- I can't really say Americana. I don't know. Briticana. Brit- after, uh, after, Brit- after, after Jesse came out, no. <laughs> I don't even know why I just said Britpop. <laughs> just have, just have play a, excuse me, just have a play a bunch of Britpop. I don't know, Oasis all over and happier times for the Gallagher brothers. But when were they ever happy? Um yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, and finally, because we have got an email in, but I think due to stuff we're talking about in segment two, we will leave it till possibly for segment three. WWE has got a very hectic December. As mentioned on WNL, you've already got the fact that USA is going to be showing three consecutive nights with uh, live Raw, live Smackdown, and then tribute to the troops. Well, as it turns out, it's going to be even more hectic because the schedule for taping then is the 16th of December is TLC, the 17th is the live Raw, which is on USA. The 18th, as well as being the live Smackdown, it's also going to be the taping for the Christmas Eve edition of Raw. Mm. December 19th, when Tribute to the Troops is aired, Smackdown is going to be taped for the following two weeks after Christmas. So it would be 28th and I guess the first one in January. Yeah. Possibly. Probably, probably give them their time off on the holidays that they get. Yeah. Well, with the sounds of it, they are going to be working New Year's Eve, possibly. For uh, Raw. I would say it's their season finality. Uh, season finality. Season finale, even though in... If there was ever such a thing as a season finale, it's more in September, <laughs> oddly enough. So, but they're not really going to get the break in September like you could in December with the hall, with New Year's and Christmas. Well, mostly Christmas. <laughs> We're talking about it in like awards terms. Christmas is the mid-season break. Yeah, it's not much of one, but it's a mid-season break. Hmm. <clears throat> So it's like you may you'll probably get a best of maybe even though yeah they usually do even though they kind of release those now on DVD so some sort of well the slammings are usually around then too so that yeah I wouldn't say it's necessarily a best of but a special <laughs> edition oh no no they'll do a special edition with the slammies it's gonna be four hours long not three. Oh no <laughs> you gotta have another hour because it's special i don't think even other than like the oscars award shows are like four hours long really eventually it'll become the slammy awards for 2055 are 25 hours long <laughs> because raw is 24 hours long some crazy stuff like that so look forward to that people and if it happens uh, WWE could pay me the paycheck but I could be dead by them 
I'd be in my 70s. And probably will be more interested in Eminem, yeah. Because he'll be vintage by then. He'll <laughs> be up there with the Beatles. <laughs> so, with that, that's all the news for this week. Well, we've we got some news that, uh, through email, but we'll get to that for later on. When we come back, we're going to talk a little women's wrestling and the Shine promotion. This past weekend was the Shine 4 event, which yes. we'll go through the results of. But then Randy will give his thoughts on Shine 3, which he has seen so... We're going to take a quick break, and we'll see you in a few minutes. is a public service announcement from Wrestling News Live. Reasons not to marry a porn star. Did you hear the news that uh, Tito Ortiz was arrested for domestically abusing his uh, his girlfriend, Jenna Jameson? No, he probably tried to fuck her. It was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway, and he just said, What the fuck? Where have you been? Slap! <laughs> that reminds me of the quote from Triple H a couple years back, when he said, you know, even a 747 looks uh, small flying in the Grand Canyon. I mean, how can you, in all honesty... Be a person not in the porn industry married to a porn star and be okay with it. <laughs> you know what? I'd have a serious problem with that. I mean, let's say she's got an early shoot. She gets up, she washes her pussy and goes to work. <laughs> then you wake up, and while you're eating pancakes, she's fucking somebody else. While you walk to the mailbox to get the mail, she's fucking somebody else. When you come inside and turn on the TV and have a cup of tea, she's fucking somebody else. Then she's having lunch while you're taking a nap in your lazy boy. She comes back from lunch and punches in and starts fucking somebody else. <laughs> then she comes home. You tell the bitch that you want dinner. She makes you something in the microwave and goes to bed. And you're jacking off because she spent all day fucking somebody else. <laughs> you're having tea. She's getting tea bagged. <laughs> oh, I love this show. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the good folks at Wrestling News Live. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective 
of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. What's up, guys and gals? This is Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the open book every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll catch us doing... Video games, the open book, fantasy, EFET, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at SNSRadioNetwork.com. Come check us out. You're welcome. And welcome back to... <laughs> yeah, well, I don't really yeah. like that. <laughs> hey, you got to bring some class. Yeah, a little bit of class there. Every once in a while. <laughs> considering how much we trash... Considering how much we trash Davy Riches in the first segment, we've got, to look, we've got to bring the class back up. Well, we could have... Praised him. Well, all right. Well, we just shit on him, really, just personally. Because <laughs> nah. him as a person, I wouldn't say necessarily wrestler wise. We did praise hell. He probably still has match of the year, depending on what you think with Richards and Elgin. We'll throw him yeah. a bone there. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, welcome back. That's Randy. This is Ashley. And we're going to, I would say Yoshi Wrestling, but. I don't know whether any of the guys in this are any of the guys, the girl. Any of the competitors are Yoshis. I don't think they are. Some of them might have wrestled in Japan. So, uh, well, one of them currently did just sign. Mia Yim has, or at least for Shine Three, 
who's current she's wrestling now in Reyna instead of she was rumored to have, apparently TNA wanted to sign her so basically what we're trying to say is it's chicks wrestling but not like cat fights yeah none at like, all well, we've, like <laughs> we've talked about shine before and how and especially a sister company the shimmer shimmer yes him and his Veruca Salt. Uh, apparently, yeah, that's where Day Praise I got it from. Uh, Veruca Salt song, if you've heard of that band. I know I've heard the name. I'm not really familiar with them too much. Weirdly enough, the alter- alternate universe show is interviewing Jay Prazak. So, congratulations to them. And one of these days, we got to get an interview too. But nonetheless, it's certainly worth covering because I think the Shimmer's tapings is this week. I believe so. Yes, it's this weekend. Then next two DVDs. Was no, the next four, isn't it? I think so. Thank yeah. And then this past weekend we had Shine Four, which we will give the results of. But Randy's seen Shine Three, so shall we start off with? I think it was the opening match with Santana taking on Sienna Duval. Yeah, we'll start off with this match. Your opening match for Shine 3 being, as he mentioned, the debut of Sienna Duval, who is known as the Diva Buster, and also had another interesting nickname, the Rat Killer. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, you need a paper clip. Well, if you don't know what a ring rat is, and you'll need a paper clip. But. And then Santana, who's interesting people who trained uh, Santana. She's trained by Chase and Rantz, who uh, we won't get into one reason why he's famous, sadly. Um, and that's a paperclip that I won't care to mention right now. If, you, if, if you've heard the name before, you'll know what happened. And, and he was also on, the, I will mention, he was on that VH1 reality show, Tool Academy. And it's, an F, it's an F-O-F-Y. Find out what you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Larry's, uh, she was trained by Chase and France, Larry Zabisco, who I know live together. No homo there, but they live together. As, if you've ever heard uh, the MLW radio, Conan was talking about going over there. And Scott Hall is also trained her, too. Miss Santana Garrett, who just goes by Santana now. Pretty interesting match here. Sandy Duvall looked pretty good in her debut. And but it was no match for Santana, who's uh, somewhat of a star there. I would say one of the stars, but somebody who kind of notice or they really bring attention to a lot with her. But nonetheless, she gets the victory here with a nice handspring moonsault, going back off the uh, off the ropes handspring style, and then into the moonsault for a victory there in your opening match. I don't even want to say what the second match is because my main question is. What was Miss Bates wearing cosplay style? Oh, <laughs> uh, you want to know what it was this time? Well, yeah. of course she did. You just asked me. Uh, anyway, what she was wearing was a it, uh, show that, yeah, it's on right now. The Walking Dead. She was, uh, sh- uh, he needs the sheriff. Don't watch Walking Dead, really. I know, such a shocker. <laughs> I know was, Sean's a big Walking Dead person. She was Andrew Lincoln. <laughs> she, no, she's Sheriff Rick, her. Oh, uh, never mind. She was Sheriff Rick Grimes from Walking Dead. That's who yeah, she was dressed Andrew up Lincoln. as. Oh, there we go. That's that. I, I had a feeling that I was the actor. I should have got him puzzled. I was like, yeah. is that the actor? Anyway. 
uh, Leva Bates going on against Kimberly, who, um, yeah, an interesting wrestler, Kimberly, really showing a lot, but hasn't won in her past two matches. And uh, alas, it'd be the same here as Leva Bates would defeat Kimberly with her superhero kick, which uh, just a super kick there, but that's what she calls it. And Leva Gates getting the victory, and then uh, there's a lot of mentioning of her being a zombie killer and another zombie killer, which who they eventually meet up at at Shine 4, that being Jessica Havoc. And there's a promo she did to Shine 4 that I'd suggest everybody look for on the Shine YouTube, where Jessica Havoc talks about how she's the only zombie killer. And if you've seen Jessica Havoc's outfit before, and especially in this match, she has the Umbrella logo from Resident Evil on there. Yeah, but when we get to Shine 4, there's an interesting twist. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Jessica Havoc's a little... For those of you that don't know about Jessica Havoc, you should. (laughs) There's an interesting twist regarding Miss Bates as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but anyway. Next match that was on the card was a tag match with Rainbow Bright, Gabby Gilbert, and Luscious Latasha. Taking on the West Coast connection of Tracy Taylor and Sue Young. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting match here. One thing that was interesting because your hostess for the shows is one is the Scream Queen Daphne, and she puts funny little intros for the matches that you'll notice. Like, I know I think it was this match maybe or one of the matches. She was like, "It's a twenty-seven minute time limit or a forty-seven minute time limit." And then just weird kind of nicknames around there. And then she, and then she even mentioned when introducing Tracy Taylor about um, uh, that she was going to mess up her birthplace or her uh, or where she's from, because I think it's like Kenohi, Hawaii, and I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it either. But nonetheless, this was an interesting match. Gabby Gilbert and Luscious Latasha, very interesting characters to say the least. Very brightly dressed, almost similar to the 80s, or a rainbow bright. And I think there is something that um, that um, Lenny Leonard said that was very interesting. It looked like somebody threw up Skittles all over their <coughs> outfits or something to that effect. Very bright indeed, if you ever do get the chance to see it. I want to taste that rainbow. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll get away from what I wa- do want to say. Nonetheless, let's <laughs> uh, <West Coast laughs> connection get the victory with what they call the Coast of Coats, which is an eat defeat or um, uh, soul food when Chuck Taylor does it, or on a lesser note, or the paperclip in this case, Cobain by Kiyoshi, or Kira Rajin, as she was better known as. the eat, uh, Pretty much the eat defeat from Tracy Taylor, and then Sue Young follows it up with one to the back. For a minute, I thought you were going to say happy ending. <laughs> oh, that's the other That's the other name. <laughs> or no, that's uh, the neck breaker. That's the straight jacket neck breaker. Yeah. She does that. Um, um, what's his name? Using now. Uh, uh, speaking of, from what you mentioned earlier, Damien Sandow. And it has a weird Latin name now that I don't remember <laughs> or care to at this point because we're not the type of show who tends to talk. Well, I am doing hell in a cell pics, but nonetheless... Khan is Khan on. edit. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag bully. Uh, then, this one doesn't have a result here, but it says it's tailor-made with Alison Kay and April Hunter taking on Greek Barbie. Yes, Greek Barbie uh, taking on um, 
um, the Maiden Sin, who's been victorious in every match they've had since then. They had two tag matches over Shine 1 and Shine 2 victorious in that. And now this time, the two, well, April Hunter still wrestles too, but uh, Taylor Maiden and Allison K in singles matches, Allison K having Kurz a little later, and then Taylor Maid taking on the debuting Greek Barbie here. Uh, Greek Barbie, pretty interesting wrestler. She she did pretty good against Taylor Maid here. Uh, pretty competitive match. And then the finish came when Allison, uh, the referee was distracted. I forgot by what exactly. He was knocked out, and Taylor Maid comes in, hits a Samoan drop on Greek Barbie. Or, excuse me, Allison K comes in, hits a Samoan drop on Greek Barbie, and Taylor Maid gets the pin following the help of her tag partner. Okay. Uh, then we had a little, I guess, Hall of Fame style ceremony. Where Sabrina, Deanne von Hoffman, Joyce Grable, is it? Or Grable? Yeah. Grable, and, Grable, I believe. And Lilani Kai were honoured. And I think this was interrupted. Yes, it was. Very similar to what happened at Shine One when Jazz was presented, the, I believe it was a Diva Dirt honour, and yeah. interrupted by Mercedes Martinez, who yet again interrupts. The legends here and very disrespectful of Mercedes Martinez also ended up calling them old hags at one point and getting them very pissed off to say the least, which would lead into our next match her against the returning Jamie Jameson, who lost to Rebby Skyback at Shine One. And this was an interesting match here as Jameson still got uh, some moves in, but this is mostly Martinez for the match until Jazz made an appearance. And the interesting thing with that, if you remember from my review of Shine 2, Mercedes Martinez and Jazz had a very interesting match that wasn't a match. Well, it wasn't a match because it never started because they were just brawling all over Ybor City, Florida at the Orpheum, which is where Shine 3 was also at too. So the storyline, or uh, oh, sorry. Anyway, um, Mercedes Martinez and Jazz could not be could not touch each other. They were almost a, a cooling off period. They were given, and they explained how they had some independent contractor come in and say they should give them. They were fined. I think it was like five thousand dollars or something like that. Some yeah, it was five thousand dollars, and they could not have any physical contact with each other at Shine Three. So Jazz just stood from the entrance distracting mercedes martinez martinez going for the fisherman buster jamie jameson counters it with a small package against the upset victory there and um and interesting afterwards with jazz going to try to shake jamie jameson's head but jameson not shaking jazz's hand as a result which was kind of interesting because i remember she wrestled heel against rebby sky even though in this one she was more babyface or the default face since Mercedes Martinez is essentially the number one heel there, or at least one of the top ones. It'd be her Havoc and Soraya Knight would easily, or Rain also could be a contender. Those are like your top heels there right now. But nonetheless, heels. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, this was an interesting. I'd say my match of the night here. This one, I really like this match. Jessica Havoc taking on Mia Yim. Yes, Mia Yim's last match, I think think she had a match before then at Shine 2. Sorry if I forget off the bat, but Mia Yim's last match probably for now in Shine and possibly in the U.S. for a while. As I mentioned before, her signing with Reina in Japan, meaning she's going to work full-time in Japan. It's very similar to what Haley Hatred's been doing in Japan, who's had much success over in Japan. 
And um, Jessica Havoc and Mia Yim, this was very interesting. And Jessica Havoc, I mentioned her earlier as somebody you should know about, and she definitely is. I believe in the top 10 of the PWI female 50, arguably could have been, and I mentioned last week that uh, I can argue for her being number one. To put the best way to describe her is she's, she's essentially the female Kevin Steen. <laughs> yeah, and like, and when her and uh, WSU, her, uh, Allison K, Sassy Steffi, the Midwest Militia is essentially scum. Yeah. That's like literally the best equivalent I could say for Jessica Havoc is just, for lack of a better word or term, a crazy bitch. <laughs> and very uh, psychotic. And this match went full on uh, hard hitting. I remember at one point, Mia Yim delivered a suplex and Havoc, I think, fell on her face or something. Mia Yim out for a minute. Mia Yim doing a moonsault to the outside onto Jessica Havoc. And then Mia Yim went for the, afterwards, did it get the pin, went for the Sky Yim, which is her corkscrew moonsault finisher. Jessica Havoc gets out of the way to hit her air raid crash finisher, which is now known as the Demon Drop for the victory. Then afterwards, Jessica Havoc put... um, Mia Yim in a cross arm breaker and then tried to beat her up much like she beat up Revy Sky back at Shine 2 who is not present at Shine 3 due to the attacks on her but Mia Yim getting away in time I was having a look in the list that got revealed which we'll probably have a look through possibly next week Havoc was number 5 there we go number 5 there's some interesting names in that list so we'll definitely talk about it next week uh, next up I guess I wouldn't say co-main event it was Alison Kay and it was her singles match Taylor made in her corner and April Hunter and she was taking on Christina Von Erie yes this stemming back from Shine 2 when it was when um Made in sin tagged up uh, tagged up against misery, which is mischief and Christina von Erie. It's spelled M S and then Erie E E R I E. Very nice wordplay there on that tag team. That doesn't need a team name to be witty. Well, not that the team name helps either way, but either way, a witty name for him. But the witty name wouldn't help them, nor would it would at any matches at all. As April Hunter would make her debut there and attack mischief with a bat, causing um. Excuse me, causing um, goddamn, I can causing uh, ma- uh, misery to lose the match to Made It Sin. So we have this match here: Allison K and Christina Von Erie. Pretty good match, I'd say. Wasn't too bad. Uh, and but there's a scary, scary moment in this match when uh, Taylor, uh, saying Taylor May, Allison K went to the top to go for presumably an elbow drop. Christina Von Erie met her back up from the top. And she went for what looked like a a belly-to-belly superplex, but it didn't turn out that way, sadly, as Allison K K landing almost on her head, practically, like her head and neck. She landed really nasty and surprisingly did not break her neck or get injured at all after taking that suplex. And honestly, a move in the night, even though for the even though for scary reasons, but very, very scary moment there. And one moment when I saw it, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was just about like, to say, was it on the verge of a holy shit moment? Yeah, it was pretty nasty how she came down. Like, it literally looked like she almost spiked herself down. 
because like I saw her and then she's coming down and then boom, like she landed kind of on the side, so it wasn't too bad. But nonetheless, there. Yeah, it might be. Uh, but nonetheless, um, uh, Taylor made uh, they they fin- they keep on with the match. Taylor the finish comes with Taylor made makes a distraction. Uh, Christina Von Eri, uh, uh attacking Taylor made her taking her down off the apron, which would lead to Alsa K hitting a cutthroat sight of suplex for the victory. And then main event time. Yes, your main event. What they, they didn't have any stipulation that we knew of, but at least not at that time. Yeah, it was Rain taking on Jazz. Yeah, this was um as much as I said Havoc and Yim was matching the night, which it still was, this is the close contender for second. This was a really good effort from Rain and Jazz. Rain who's who was uh, both uh uh both of them undefeated at the time. With um, uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, Rain having beaten Nikki Rocks and I think Christina Von Erie. Forgot who back at Shine won, and then Jazz having beaten Sarah Del Rey, and then the no contest, meaning well, she did lose either. <laughs> Both of them undefeated. Jazz gets the victory after an STF, but a good effort here. Rain looking pretty good at moments. Rain got a lot of offense in at one point after Jazz. Went charging at her at the outside with a clothesline, but her arm hitting the post instead. Rain um, uh, looked pretty good, too, in this. Uh, uh, kicking out of the Jazz Stinger, too, which was what uh, which was what beat Sarah Del Rey back at Shine 1. But uh, Mercedes Martinez also coming in to try to distract Jazz from what happened earlier, but that didn't work out too well. Jazz made Rain tap out to the STF, and even Mercedes Martinez was pulling the ropes in front of rain for her to try to get to try to reach the ropes, but it would have happened since she tapped out. And then also rain, uh, beforehand rain kind of disrespect or disrespect to the legends by doing her signature little dusting off the feet right in front of them. And then jazz ended up high fiving <laughs> and they were dancing along to a rap song too, which is a very interesting thing to see, especially Leilani Kai getting down to the song. So, <laughs> Pretty cool there, and that was your Shine 3 review, which, this is a pretty good show, I gotta say. Not too bad. If you like women's wrestling, you'll, you'll probably enjoy this. A lot of familiar names there, some you might not know so much, and then, uh, good thing to lead into Shine 4. And before we go, a big announcement made after the match where Soraya Knight is announced to be at Shine 4, making her first defense of the Shimmer title before this weekend's, uh, this weekend's upcoming Shimmer tapings. And the person she will defend the title against, or did defend the title against, was your winner of the match, Jazz. So in a way, this was a number one contenders match. In all certain terms, yeah, and gives us a chance to jump to the weekly email from Sandro's actually goes through some of the card here. This Before the show started, they had the 10-bell salute for Mike Graham. The first match was uh, Sue Young taking on Rhea O'Reilly, who was debuting. And Sue Young won with an inverted eat defeat, which was yeah her her part in the coast to coast double team finisher. Her her to the back. Tracy Taylor was the normal uh, version of eat defeat. 
If it's an inverted happy ending, does that make it a sad ending? I don't know. Something <laughs> like that. Then we had Kimberly taking on another debuting talent, Brandy Wine. And Brandy went over with a roll-up. Then... Kimber- Go ahead. Oh, yeah, Kimberly yet again defeated. <laughs> that makes it winless in Shine. Kimberly is the opposite of Ryber. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She's then, Heath Slater, whoever. Yeah. Well, actually, Heath Slater might not be a jobber now with the three man band. Thankfully, <laughs> got cut from Raw this week. There is a god. There, another debuting talent, the rate. The rate tank, Kelly Skater. Oh, yes. The rate tank. Took, took on Ruby's guy, and Ruby won with the twist of fate. Kelly what the Skater. Hell is up with the rate tank. Oh, Kelly Skater is awesome. We, I mentioned her before in Shimmer, uh, hailing from our former host, part, our former host, Nemsland of Australia, who's, um, bit, uh, brags a bit too, or I should say a bit too much is, Brags a bit more than she is, which she's a good wrestler, though, but compared to what she does end up doing, uh, calling herself the rate tank because she's made out of pure animatium. <laughs> and ha- and this is all mentioned in her entrance, too, if you ever hear that entrance, and has jealous that make the Hulk green with envy. <laughs> um. Very entertaining character, to say the least. But yeah, Revy Sky making return and getting the win here with Twist of Fate. Which I wonder where she got that from. Oh, am I bullshitting? We know where she got it from. I don't don't think we'll ever know. Yeah, we'll never know. We'll never know. Paperclip, WNL, and stuff that looks like cocks. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyway, we'll move on. People that know WNL know the reference. That's all that matters. And if you I don't, why aren't you listening? Damn it. <laughs> I think I might not have heard it from there, but it's probably funny either way, so... <laughs> there. That appendage has been getting around everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Then we had Christina Von Eri taking on Rain, and Rain won with the raindrop. But after this, Maiden Sin did a run-in and attacked Von Eri with April Hunter as well. And nailed her apparently with uh, probably a baseball bat. But, uh, then Shazza McKenzie and Davina Rose ran in to make the save. And Von Erie then challenged Maiden Sin to a six woman tag for Shine Six on January the 11th. Already planning well ahead of time, three months in advance at that. Well, two events ahead. That too. <laughs> well, it, it's two events ahead because. Because the next one's in November. Yeah, but Which they were just from, about to announce to, but oh well, early. From so. that, we then had the other, the other part of that six-woman team take each other on, as Maiden Sin, which is AK forty-seven, Allison K and Taylor Made, with April Hunter take and defeating Davina Rose and Shazza McKenzie with the seventh deadly sin. So it looks like Maiden Sinner on top. Yeah, they've yeah they've yet to uh, taste defeat in Shine, which probably means they lose at Shine Six. Possibly. <laughs> they they announce uh, other than Shine Six happening on January the eleventh, 
Shine 5 will be November the 16th, so... Three days only before f- my birthday. Only a couple of weeks away, actually. Yeah, actually not that long. <laughs> what do you think about it? It's yeah. coming up pretty close, and then two months off for Shine 6. And also very interesting, the next match on the card was Mercedes Martinez taking on Santana Garrett. And Mercedes got the win with the Fisherman's Buster. On paper, that looks very interesting. Mm. We oh, and then it, this is the this is the this is definitely co-main event. Lever Bates versus Jessica Havoc. Now, what were you saying about Jessica Havoc about being the zombie killer? Oh yeah, mentioning how she's a zombie killer. If you've ever seen, or like I mentioned on her, on her pant, or she was wearing, uh, she had the umbrella logo on her tights, or for how much she was wearing the singlet uh, outfit that she had on. <laughs> yeah, on the boots, that had the. And then, so, oddly enough, yes, yeah. I'm seeing it too. Leva Bates, her cosplay this time is Alice from Resident Evil. So, so it's, it's the Umbrella Corp. versus Zombie Killer. Yeah, it's Umbrella versus Alice. It's Wesker. Damn it. And <laughs> it's Michelle Rodriguez's the... character. I can't think of her yeah. name. Havoc name was, did so. get the win with the Demon Drop. And then gr- went for a steel chair and tr- went to attack Lever, but. Reby Sky came in to make the save and attacked Havoc with a steel chair of her own and then bulldog Jessica onto both of the steel chairs. So by the looks of it, sadly she didn't use the twist of fate. Mm. Apparently that she's only interesting so many times, isn't I? Maybe. Then it was announced that the wrestling goddess Athena would get the next shot at the Shimmer title against the winner of the main event on the first day of the Shimmer DVD tapings, which is happening this Saturday in Illinois. I don't know if that's the winner of the match that we're just going to next. or Yeah, because it, it, was, it was for the Shimmer title, so yeah. Okay. Oh, it said the win. Oh, yeah, the win the main event on the first day. Yeah. You've got to read it properly, actually. God damn it. So yeah, the main event: Soraya Knight defending the title against Jazz, and this was very interesting because Jazz won the match, or had the match won, should I say, after hitting yeah. the Jazz Stinger. But then Mercedes Martinez and Rain came to ringside, and while Mercedes distracted the referee, Rain came with a pair of brass knocks and knocked Jazz out and put Soraya Knight on top of Jazz for the pinfall. Mm-hmm. So as you can see, Mercedes and Jazz never touched each other. Yeah. It's kind of, if you remember the angle that they did with Undertaker and Triple H at WrestleMania. Yeah, 
And then no, this is that way. Can't touch Triple H. Or can't touch Stephanie, sorry. But Kane can. Oh, yeah. And then, and then Triple H beat the fuck out of Undertaker's bite. Yeah. And then Pissing off the dead man. <laughs> <laughs> just looking, the, the confirmed talents for the tapings this weekend are oh, Soraya Knight, your Shimmer Champion, your Tag Team Champions, the Canadian Ninjas, uh, Chili de Melissa, Miss Chief, Mercedes Martinez, Alison Danger, Lever Bates, Hiroyo Matsumoto, Ryu Miyazami, Kana, Tomoka Nakagawa, Athena, Christina Von Neri, Alison Kay, Yumi Oka, Kelly Skater, Shazam McKenzie, Rio O'Reilly, Davina Rose, Casey Spinelli. Oh, yeah, I've heard of her, Casey Spinelli. Scott, Sassy Steffi, Melanie Cruz, Miss Natural, Taylor Maid, Ayako Hamada, Sue Young, and Santana Guerra. That's all that's listed so far. It's pretty, it's, yeah, pretty stat car. For Shimmer, they got some good names there. Name value. So, yeah, that's that's the shine run there. I think that's all the women's stuff that we need to cover for this week. Mm-hmm. So I think with that, we'll take our final break. And when we come back, some news from Sandro regarding some of the other indie stuff. There's certainly one that's definitely worth mentioning, but the problem is when this goes out, unless you're listening to us very early, you'll have missed your chance. But we'll, we'll get to that. And then we've got some picks to do for... Well, Randy's got some picks, and then we've both got picks regarding WWE and PWG upcoming shows. So with that, we will see you in a few minutes for the final part of Whole Indie Show on the SNS Radio Network. SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I want, okay, I, I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she, I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlockSandlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. Present. What's going on? This is Kazarian. And this is the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Rima Fatih. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes, right here on the SNS Radio Network. <laughs>
wrestling fans? Do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Are you a TNA Impact Wrestling fan? Are you looking for a show that talks about TNA Wrestling? Then tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, as he reviews the latest episode of Impact Wrestling and takes your phone calls to get your thoughts on the state of TNA Wrestling. Are you ready to cross that line? On the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. JJ His charm is so contagious. Vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is... J.J. The most interesting man in the world. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library. And it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty.
Welcome back to the final part of the whole indie show with Randy and Ashley. And we're going to first go to Randy's picks for Helen Lassell, because then we can just get that out of the way, because I've already stated mine on open book, and there's no point in me saying them again. So we'll go through with these, and we'll start off with the match that just got added on SmackDown a few days ago, and that was the Divas title, Triple Threat, between Eve, Caitlin, and Layla. Um, this is an interesting match here because especially if you've watched the most recent botch of Mania or have heard reports over the past months, Caitlin accidentally got herself into a storyline <laughs> for the Divas. Not that she wasn't necessarily going to get one, but from all reports of saying it was going to be Layla and Eve, which it ended up being at Night of Champions due to a mysterious attacker who we now have found out is uh, rumored to be Oksana. Or at least they said it was her. She said, yeah, Eve sent her the text message yeah, and all that. And we I, have that. And then they had the tag match and um, some tension between Layla and Caitlyn leading to their defeat. So I think that's going to boil over and lead to uh, Caitlyn, excuse me, Eve retaining her Divas Championship. I just want to kill myself because Axana's back. <laughs> the fact is she wrestled on SmackDown and I'm still going to be like, oh my god. <laughs> You're going to be despondent for days. Come in, Sarah Del Rey, always forgiven. <laughs> or bring up Paige. Or Paige, or... Or even booming. Come. Or Michelle McCall. <laughs> or Michelle McCall. Somebody, damn it. Or Mae Young. Anyone, oh, anyone no. of them is better than Axana in the ring. <laughs> anyway. We, next up, the IC title match. Kofi Kingston defending against former champion The Miz. Yeah. Um... Not to try to base my standings on reports, but I do feel this way also, at least not so much on the report-wise, but what this would le- what the connotation this would lead to in the match, and that being that The Miz is set to elevate getting into the main event spot after this. So either way, regardless of that, even though I am bringing it up, I'd say Kofi anyway. I think Kofi gets yet another run with the Intercontinental title, and hopefully this will be his when he ends up having to drop the title, the same thing that's rumored to be happening at Miz happens to him, and he finally elevates to a higher mid-card position, upper mid-card. Well, arguably, that's kind of where he's at now, or a main event spot. Yeah. Then we've got the one-on-one match between Randy Orton and Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. Um... This is an interesting one to me because with even with Del, uh, Orton has actually tapped out to the cross arm breaker from Del Rio back on SmackDown not too long ago and clean at that. But um, I know here it seems like Del Rio is always in the middle of something even though I think Orton still has he might be going feuding back with Barrett so I'm going to say Del Rio here. Then the tag team title match 
with Team How Now, Kane and Brian, taking on Road Scholars, Cody and Sander. Yeah. Oh man, this one's gonna be this one's gonna be very interesting in the fact that while Team Hell No is still dysfunctional on Team Road Skirt, I don't even want to say Team Form Road Scholars, especially them because I feel the team's not needed. Road Scholars is uh, or Team Road Scholars. Fuck it, I'll say it. Uh, is on the rise in the tag division, so this could either lead into a feud. But I think, and from what match, how Matt Striker acted on Monday, I can see him maybe costing them a match and possibly being their manager. Even though it sounds weird because Sandow has proven he's blessed on the mic and Rhodes is not too bad either. Although Stryker would probably help get them more. Well, they already have heat as is. I think he would just help add to to the heat to it to get them more heat for it and help lead that maybe they'd be the lead of a tag division. At one point, Damian Sandow held the tag belt in FCW with uh, Titus O'Neil for a little bit. So maybe this is his time doing it at WWE. So I'm actually going to go with Road Scholars for this. Because I think you could still keep Daniel Bryan and Kane as a team, even though, I don't know, it just seems like, it just seems more fitting that there's going to be a feud between these two teams, possibly, or going to lead to something bigger and better, more for Road Scholars and say Team Hell No. Titus O'Neil and Darren Young. Hashtag millions of Satsumas. <clears throat> then we've got the singles match for the World Heavyweight title. Yes, it's not in a cell. Sheamus versus Fisher. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's They're not putting it in because Undertaker and Triple H took up the allocation for the year. <clears throat> Maybe... Um, the Hell in a Cell match, or at least the only one we do know about, that being Punk and... Yeah, but Seamus Big Show. Alright, yeah, it got lost there for a minute, so I just kind of went with what I thought we were. Should have known we go for the main event last, because we always do that. Nonetheless, Seamus and Big Show, um, this is going to be an interesting one. Because there's that specter of Dolph Ziggler looming around. And if, and I could see Dolph Ziggler cashing in, or he's, I think, made it clear that he is going to cash in. And I highly doubt Big Show gets, has that happen again to him, where, or has Daniel Bryan happen to him again and get cashed in on twice? Although, if, if this were, I could see it happening if, say, Shame it. If they were to keep on with a Sheamus Big Show feud, which may or may not still be going on. Oh, man, this is it's a tough one for me. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say Sheamus. And then with regards to Ziggler? Um, I think Ziggler's going to cash in. Because I could see that maybe Big Show costing Sheamus. That because they really, it's not that you can't have Ziggler cash in on show. It's just they really built up the fact that Ziggler's tried cash in on um on uh who's it on um Sheamus. They really mm. he, although although he's been the champ since WrestleMania, so 
or well, more accurately, since Money in the Bank. So yeah, but yeah, I don't see them. I just see that having a conclusion to it, if any, which we'll hopefully find out this Sunday. Yeah, and then finally, it's Goldberg versus Kevin Nash with mm. a taser stick. Oh, sorry, no. That was 10 years ago. Punk versus Ryback. <laughs> Hell, some might people might think it was epic. Picks. That might have given away my picks from Friday. Yeah. I haven't heard. <laughs> um, regardless, if people have or haven't found out, I'm going to say... Oh no! I've had many. There's many things going on with this, and it almost, sadly, it almost seems like it's doomed to fail. However, it happens because I don't know. This whole Ryback situation has been very interesting to me, and one we haven't really been able to talk about too much due to the fact we focus mainly on indies. Or well, we still talk about WWE, but we try to make the focus on the wrestling you don't necessarily see on TV or can't. Well, now you can see on your 360 and PS3, but we'll get into that later. Or we already did go into that. We'll go into <laughs> no, we'll one of that. the places you can see it at on there later. But um, I, it seems like that they kind of booked themselves in a corner because it. Almost all odds were on having this being Cena Punk to finish off that feud. Which, who am I kidding? That was going to happen. <laughs> we just, and then Cena got injured all of a sudden, which see, which is still rare to hear about these days. Cena really getting injured, which is a testament to him. But this injury really showing a lot and really proving that they do need to make stars. Not that they ha- aren't necessarily going to make stars at night or aren't in the process of, but I kind of feel it's maybe a bit early for Ryback in a sense. Not necessarily that he hasn't proved himself and they could have still done this if they wanted Ryback to beat Punk, but I think if had it had been fleshed out a little bit more or given... Because or, to me, I could have seen... I think a perfect situation to me... Would uh, and not to really do too much fantasy booking, even though I am so fuck it. Um, <laughs> I know, just contradicting myself through all these statements. But um, would have Punk go over Cena, however you want it, Lesnar, Heyman, whoever interferes, however that happens, Punk goes over. Then you have Survivor Series: Team Punk versus Team Ryback, course, or Ryback on the team, whatever. But Ryback's gonna be on an opposing team. End of the match is going to be Punk Ryback. You have Ryback beat Punk there. Give Punk, give Ryback a victory over Punk and keep building him up and up and make him that much more legitimate of a contender, which he necessarily isn't now because he still is, regardless of he might not have had that many wins or how I feel. He still does have a legitimate right to it. I just think it happened a lot earlier than maybe they wanted to or for it to really work out, but. I still, yeah, have Punk going over this, even though I wouldn't be surprised if Ryback has it, because I still, in my heart of hearts, believe Punk is going to go at least the full year with the belt. Okay, so you're going to say Punk retains? Yes. After all that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just Well, because we don't really talk about it too much, so I kind of wanted to bring yeah. how I feel on the situation sure. at hand. 
And I hope there's a Lesnar run in, even though it might be better to save him up for a bigger time, but they can still, like, going back to Caitlyn, they can just have Ryback taken out and just put Cena in. And Even though there's going to be... There's going to be... I'm going to be surprised if nobody complains about this, or there's very few complaints, because it's just bound to piss somebody off. And I remember I was reading Mark Madden, oh, yeah, weird name to say here, because a friend showed me an article, and he actually said something kind of true, or at least that that didn't sound like he was full of shit, like most of his statements do tend to be, and that <laughs> the WWE's almost bound to fail <laughs> with this. And I don't want to necessarily sound pessimistic, but from all it's worth from the reports and just how it's looking like from a kayfabe, non-kayfabe, whatever standpoint, it's just... It just it, it's it, it even if Punk loses it, it's Ryback has all to gain and at the same time all to lose is I think the main thing that's that question here because even if Punk were to lose, he's still a credible wrestler. That's not going to be taken away if he loses that. He still held the belt damn near a year, which hasn't been done in five years, which is still a pretty long time. <laughs> Even in wrestling in general, other than really Ring of Honor, and even then, the there's only been like two people, or three, yeah, only three people have held it for a year. So, we'll see what happens in Atlanta. Yeah, and some more, now I can actually contribute, and this is the picks for this weekend's PWG show, Failure to Communicate. Obviously happening in California. Not in some desert with Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> <laughs> so Eat these 50 hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> in an hour or something. Oh, yeah, in an hour. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go for the card. First off, Joey Ryan versus Ryan Taylor. It's the Battle of the Ryans. Except one's with TNA now. Which I don't know how this is going to be able to be on the DVD. As we talked about last week. But what's your picks for this one? I see Ryan Taylor getting the getting the bump or yeah, getting the rub there by beating Joey Ryan on what would presume it well be what would be his farewell show. Which I'd imagine he'd get considering what the cup what he's done for the company especially if he owns it or doesn't or that whole situation which i hope they would make an exception for that rule even though tna pwg have had issues before with that so this could turn nasty i'll say taylor will probably win that the next is the tag team match b-boy and famous b taking on the rock nest monsters johnny goodtime and johnny yuma we have the Rockness Monsters are heel now in PWG, which is interesting because I know when Johnny uh, Johnny Goodtime was heel in Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, I believe still is, and then Yuma was face because they had already been broken up. Or well, Goodtime left NWA in protest after Joey Ryan got fired as Booker, and then he came back as a heel to help out Ryan and their tag or were tag teaming and. Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. But with um, 
Let's see what I'm going to say. With that one, I'm going to go with the Rock Nest Monsters. They have, unless Famous B and B-Boy are going to be a regular team, which they might be, but I still have the Rock Nest Monsters winning here. I can I can see the way they're angling it. Probably Rock Nest will have momentum with them, so I'll, I'll agree with you there and go with them. Next up, El Generico versus Rich Swan. Mm. Um, this is going to be a really interesting affair here. This being uh, Rich Swan's debut in PWG, also. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna just make it a sorted sweet. I'd say uh, El Generico gets the win here. Although we could probably more or more than likely we'll see Rich Swan in the future if he has a strong showing here against Generico, which. Most people do because Generico is just fucking awesome. I'm just, I think Swan could get an upset, possibly. So I'm gonna say Swan on this one. Because I think El Generico's got a bit, well, he's got a very busy week because this Saturday he's got a show and then. Is he on all three nights next week of Dragon Gate? I think he uh, is. I believe so. So yeah, busy, and then of course it looks like he's going to be involved in Ring of Honor, as we talked about last week. Oh yeah, the mask that was revealed. Yeah, uh, next up, oh, it's that man again. Davey Richards taking on Sammy Callahan. <laughs> <laughs> T- Interest- pay me more money versus T. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, this is gonna, yeah, this one's gonna be interesting to Davey, who was at, uh, Bola, their, uh, their last shows, the Battle of Los Angeles at night two. Or actually, is that, yeah, I think it was at night, yeah, night one, because him and Elgin had the rematch. Um, and Callahan's ha- had a pretty strong showing at DDT4, making it to the semifinals. I would say Callahan even with the rumors of him possibly going to the E. Although, one thing I did want to mention that I forgot to earlier is that uh, supposedly they don't like his size, which he's not, which is kind of ironic. It would be kind of fucked up to say, too, especially considering if you've ever seen Sammy Callahan from very early on, he was really big. He used to be, I think, 360. At one point, there's a match you can watch on YouTube from the HWA YouTube site, and it's um, Nigel McGinnis versus Sammy Callahan. And it's a very different Callahan from what you see today. He lost, I think, well over 100 pounds to where he's at now. So, Callahan for you? Yeah, Callahan. I'm going to say Callahan because my opinion of Richards has just gone downhill. Yeah. <laughs> Although this will be this, uh, they did have a really good match back at AAW, so he'll still deliver wrestling wise. We can just give a fuck about him. <laughs> then again, if it, With if Mr. Sammy, Wesley Richards, yes, if Sammy was to get signed to WWE soon, it would probably be Callahan's last match. Yeah, oh, yeah there is that. So, you know oh, what they, they say about your last match. Although you can never always count just because it's their last match doesn't mean they will lose. The biggest point being at uh, their show in 2009, Guerre Sans Frontier, where um, 
Brian Danielson beat Chris Hero in his, and, and at the time, his last PWG match to win the PWG world title bef- and vacated after that because he was becoming uh, some guy named Daniel Bryan. I've heard he's done quite well in the WWE. Yes. Apparently, they yes. chant answers at him, or he's chanting answers at them. No. Something like that. No, yes. Uh, some sort of that thing. Oh, no, maybe I need to watch more WWE. Anti-sympatarialism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, a grudge match between Brian Cage and Willie Mack. Mm, grudge match. Um, this is, in a way, this kind of a number one contenders here due to... Um, what was I going to say? Um, where they're at right or where they're at right now. Uh, what's happened in the past couple months in PWG. And I want to lean towards Brian Cage, especially if Steen is able to get out of um, get out of the main event of this show with the title. And I think there, uh, Steen has a lot of people on his point. He has Adam Cole to worry about in the near future and somebody he wants to get his hands on after what happened, as well as... Um, as well as um, um, like Brian Cage as well, so I'm say Brian Cage gets the victory here. I'm pro- I'm gonna go with Willie Mack just because of the momentum that he's got this year. Yeah, he had he does have a lot of momentum on his side, which is something to look or something to look to, or might be what helps him win or whatever. <laughs> Makes sense for what I'm saying, but. Uh, next up, tag team match: Eddie Edwards and Roderick Strong taking on Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Is it this the one that I believe they changed this now? So we may or may not be wrong with our choices, but to mention it here, apparently Kenny Omega is set to make his PWG return because they might have to shuffle the card, which I think has to do with Joey Ryan, Ryan Taylor. So as of now, this is the card we've seen. So the uh, of course card subject to change. So one of their show names too, but yeah, but because of Joey Ryan and TNA and the fact that they can't have TNA talents wrestling on DVDs for indie shows, that might be why. So yeah, and then Kenny Omega and uh, El Generico, which is going to be interesting because they had a feud over because uh, storyline or whatever for PWG El Generico. Uh, he gives all of his money that he went to an uh, orphan home in Tijuana because, of course, El Generico is from Tijuana, Mexico. Of course. Of course, of course. What's that? You hear no French accent at all. You mean he's from Quebec? No, no, he's from Tijuana. That's that's enough curtain. (laughs) Not that the curtain wasn't already revealed if you've seen El Generico, but nonetheless... Um, and he was, uh, and he'd give the money to orphans in Tijuana, and Kenny Omega hated orphans. <laughs> and him and Chuck Taylor ended up becoming a team for their mutual dislike of orphans. Well, especially Chuck Taylor doesn't like kids in general, and became the, uh, the men of low moral fiber. <laughs> nice. And, well, Kenny uh, Omega teaming up with his former rival there against the Young Bucks, but that's what happened. Yeah. But, Regardless, I will say I think the Young Bucks will get the victory over who they do face, whether it's Strong and Edwards or 
as recently announced Omega and Generico? I think it's well, it's not going to be the Young Bucks because I think Nick is a dick. <laughs> Matt is all right, but Nick is just—I'm seriously just no. I, I don't mind Matt Jackson, but Nick is just Nick's up there with Davy Richards. <laughs> Interesting company for him to. Except Nick does all the money. <laughs> You just won't shake your hand. <laughs> and then finally, the PWG World title in... It says freeway, so I'm guessing that means it's elimination. Um, no, yeah, usually they'll... No, it's probably just one fall. I believe no, it's one it's fall to finish. Threat style, yeah. So it's... That's how, yeah, that's how Steve won the title at World's Finest. And uh, is in a three-way against Generico and Edwards. Steen defending against Unbreakable Michael Elgin. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> and also Ricochet. Ricochet, oh yeah. Ricochet getting a victory over Kevin Steen back at Battle of Los Angeles and giving him that honor there. Um, I got to go with Kevin Steen to retain because he's still, there's Adam Cole that he's. He he has a lot more left to look forward to as champion. Not that the uh, and Ricket, yeah, pretty much that's gonna be my explanation for it. That's why I feel Steen will win. Yeah, the, just because of the what have, could happen with Cole, I'm gonna say Steen retains as well. So that's a PWG, but we've got a, quite a bit of news as well. Not quite a bit. We've got some news as well from Sandro. Regarding other events happening this weekend and in the future, first up, AAW's event in Illinois this weekend. The card that has been announced there's only three matches as of taping, and that is Shane Hollister versus ACH. Well, that should be interesting. Shane Hollister, name that doesn't get mentioned a lot, but he's really good, and ACH. Oh, I mentioned how I really like ACH, so that should be good. Then the Shimmer title on the line between Soraya Knight and Mischief, which considering that they've said the champion of uh, the champion of Chine Four would take on the champion uh, take on Athena at night one of the tapings. I'm guessing that means Ryan Knight will retain against Mischief. Yeah. If they don't, that's going to make no sense to the continuity. <laughs> no. And then the AEW heavyweight title, Michael Elgin versus that man again, Sammy Callahan. So, interesting little card there. It's not worth us doing picks of this because when this is broadcast, it'll have already have happened. So, no. There's no real point. But some of the other talents set to be on the card uh, Jimmy Jacobs and Eric Cannon, the tag team champions of AAW. Silas yeah. Young with Val Malone. Millions of dollars, Davy Richards. Uh, <laughs> Athena, Christina Von Erie, Nicole Matthews, Kylo Riley, Darren Corbin. Marion Fontaine, Lamar Titan, and Tweak Phoenix. 
I've heard of a lot of these names for some of them I haven't seen but from reading a lot of reviews on uh, about AAW which is probably going to watch a couple AAW matches when I um, um, or when I get home I am home right now probably watch some after after we're done here and that's funny that you mentioned you don't like Nate Jackson because if there's one that I probably can't stand or don't like it's Matt <laughs> or he just seems like more of an asshole than his blonde brother. I don't know. When I've seen Matt, he's like, he's certainly on King of Trios, he seemed to be more respectful to people. And yeah. Nick was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like all he could come up with is just some not very witty side comment. Yeah. Whereas Matt was actually coming up with something. So. That's that's my view on it. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to come to a bit at some point when we have to defend each of his acts, <laughs> and then we just agree Michael was the worst. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, Dragon Gate USA news, and it's been announced that Dragon Gate's Aita Kobayashi will wrestle for Dragon Gate USA at the upcoming iPay per view setup coming next weekend but he's now changing his name to Aita as in Kenta in New Japan and um, does Kenta wrestle as well in uh, Dragon Gate in Japan uh, Kenta uh, all caps Kenta yes uh, he re- no he wrestles primarily for Noah I think solely uh, just for Noah yeah I'm just looking because yeah Aita is going Aita or Cass. Uh, uh, this is just a little background on him here listed by Sandra. He was trained at the Dragon Gate jo- Dojo in Japan and won the first King of Chop tournament earlier this year and was wrestling in Mexico for about three months and recently came back to Dragon Gate Japan and he's going to start in DG USA next week. Yeah, they have some shows next week on the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Yeah, where El Generico will be there. ACH making his debut for Dragon Gate USA. Yeah, and with regards to that, uh, I was, wasn't was clear on the match, I think, that was going to be for the first night, the bonus match that we were talking about. Soldier and taking on ACH. Yeah. Uh, Sandro says that the match will be a bonus match on the DVD when it gets released. Uh, hopefully it's a YouTube exclusive, or maybe one of the matches are something they post on their YouTube somewhere that we can find it. He's, he's, he's unhappy that he won't be able to go to the show, but the fact is that it is, if it is going to be a, like a bonus on the DVD, then it's not imperative that people have to go and see it kind of thing to miss the the match so I'm not entirely fussed by the fact that it's there uh, speaking of Dragon Gate Evolve they've announced that the, the, the new Evolve title the definitive one they're I don't know it's, I guess it's like the Shimmer title as it's their world title but they don't have the word world in it the Evolve yeah. Champion will be crowned. <laughs> the Evolve Champion will be crowned at WrestleCon, which is the 
indie. I wanted to talk about WrestleCon too. That's coming up really soon now. Like, was that four months now? Yeah, four months. WrestleCon. Well, the WrestleCon is the basically the indie craziness on WrestleMania. Yeah, like literally indie craziness just went up a bunch with WrestleCon getting announced because we already had the ROH stuff WrestleMania weekend. And DGUSA has been doing it. Yeah, we've had DGUSA, CCW, <laughs> RH, I think Shimmer. Shimmer is a part of WrestleCon. Chikar is a part of WrestleCon. Yeah. I think Kaiju Big Battle is a part of WrestleCon. New Japan Noah is involved, I think, as well. Um, I'm not sure they, about that, especially if, especially if they, the Dragon Gate thing, considering that's where most of your Japanese stars will probably be at, but would be interesting to see some of them for maybe another company or possibly in WrestleCon. I don't know exactly, but no. I've been here. But I remember hearing y'all shine three Lenny Leonard mentioning how, uh, how uh, was I going to say how tickets are selling out fast for WrestleCon. I'm kind of not surprised. Yeah, this is going to be a huge event making. The WrestleMania 29 festivities that even more. This, uh, I see it. This is probably gonna be the beginning of the future for indie wrestling. Well, it's already been kind of like what indie wrestling is doing, but now it's gonna become WrestleMania is literally becoming a bit for like all of wrestling now. I'm just having a quick look at the the list of the matches that's apparently set so far for WrestleMania weekend. You've got the convention in the morning on the Friday. And then Evolve, followed by CZW, followed by Kaiju Big Battle. Going on at midnight. Then you've got convention, obviously, you've got the convention over all three days, but then wrestling-wise on Saturday, you've got Shimmer, followed by Shikara, followed by Dragon Gate, followed by $5 Wrestling, in which hash, uh, paperclip, I pissed myself laughing at that Monday Night Raw video that got posted up on the Facebook page this week. Is it that one where it's like the guy train? Beat, the guy hit the yeah, freight train hit the table and it just <laughs> went down. Yeah, freight train talking shit about we're Vince coming, We're coming to take you down, Vince. We're gonna take you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just genius. I haven't seen a lot of freight train, but a lot of uh, people I talk to that have seen five dollar wrestling love freight train. <laughs> We're gonna smack you so hard, and just hit the table, like, and then we're gonna squash you like a bird. It's just, oh, this is brilliant, but also kind of weird. That's the whole point of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's five dollar wrestling. What do you expect? And then on the Sunday, Dragon Gate USA will be having a second show. Mm. That's who's listed. I'm just having a quick look. Yeah, they got different prices for the tickets and everything. Five dollar wrestling or seating five dollars. Who knew? <laughs> but yeah, the big story this week. Well, it's it's one that ties into a big story. The this week the new Xbox three sixty update was coming up or coming out, the dashboard update, which means you can now get Internet Explorer on your console. Yes, I know it isn't the best browser in the world, people, but the fact is, with that, it means you can stream on your consoles. So, 
stuff like Smart Mark Video, which Dashikara, CZW, among others, will be available on demand if you do it through there. Then WWN Live. WWN Live that does the Dragon Gate USA and Evolve and the Shine stuff, that will be available. Also, the RF video, video on demand can also be streamed through it. The only one at the minute is Ring of Honor. Then that's probably because if too many people use it, it will break. Even if they might have it fixed. I'm just waiting for that bit when it will just go. But the reason I mentioned SmartMark Video is because this weekend they're doing a free paper, free eye pay per view, which is awesome for a promotion that we mentioned recently. And I mentioned one of the things I mentioned it before. It might be a remembrance is the fact that I haven't seen it, and it is wrestling is fun. The sister promotion to Chikara, who currently has. If you go on to Smart Mark Video on Demand, as I'm looking at right now, five shows available to watch, spanning from their first show back at Fountain Hill, Pennsylvania on November 18th, 2001, to the other four shows they've had since then. So, yeah, it's a free iPay-Per-View weekend, and it actually starts on on the Friday night, which as of this being broadcast, will have already happened. But what it is, is that's basically the test to see how it works, the streaming capabilities. And it's going to be some matches that they've had unreleased from Shikara from, I think, their shows in June. Yeah, the, the Road to Ruin Fest. Yeah, they've got Mr. Touchdown, Mark Angel Assetti versus Dragonfly, Chuck Taylor versus Saturn, Green and Fire Ant, Soldier Ant, and Green Ant taking on Aphidian and Lost Ice Creams. So you can get to see them for free. And obviously they've already happened. But then for free, the following night, this Saturday, at 7 p.m. Eastern, which is midnight for me. I just need to keep track of it because obviously in the UK this week, the clocks are going back. So with that case, I've got to remember everything that I do next week, recording-wise, has got to be an hour before. So I can get to sleep earlier. Yay! <laughs> but, Something yeah, like that. Yeah, this, this coming Saturday, the Wrestling is Fun iPay-Per-View is on, and I guess we can do picks on these. As hope, Yeah, it should be up Saturday morning-ish, so... That counts as before Saturday evening, so I'm taking it. We start off with Fire Ant and Green Ant taking on... Well, it's really Colony Bateri. I don't know whether they're still Colony and Bateri and wrestling is fun. Yeah, there probably is. Or something to that. So it's Iberian and Kodama. Um... Oh, no, I'll go with the... Now, this sucks because, like... We're very familiar with the people in question, but we're not so familiar with them and wrestling is fun, which probably makes it the more fun, no pun intended, since 
<laughs> Actually, that pun was kind of intended. Let's not bullshit. Regardless, <laughs> um, uh, it makes the picks more fun because we don't we. It's pretty much a blind pick almost. Other than maybe some stuff I've heard about it, or if we looked at the results, but that's wasting too much time that we do have, but we really don't have in the reality of all this. It'll make sense to you one of these days, but nonetheless, I will say the colony wins. Okay. Uh, I was leaning towards the material, but I'm going to say the colony. I was going to probably... I'm going to start with the material on this one, because it obviously depends as well what order these matches are, but I'll say the material, just to be different. Because I want to paste my face. Yeah, I want to paint my face yellow. Mm-hmm. So, so when it gets darker, people will be able to see me and not go. Oh no, I'm going to run this person over because I can't see them. Because that's some pretty vivid face paint. That's all I'm saying. Next up, Ultramantis Black versus Stigma. Which, to be quite honest, from the look of him, either is Frightmare or Hello Wicked with a different mask on. Oh, Stigma or yeah. Ultraman? Oh, no, Stigma used to be... Unless Stigma, I think he might have lost some weight, but yeah, Stigma, who's uh, also known as Shane Storm, and somebody, uh, wrestles as Stigma here in wrestling is fun. I'm going to say Ultraman is black. Just because, just because of the fact that I'm an Ultraman is black fan. Mainly because he's on every botch of mania by default. <laughs> oh yeah, I would say Ultraman is black. And also, he had, he picks pretty good entrance music, Cradle of Filth, and um, 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 the song. I think we did we play it last week or no? We ended up not playing it. Uh, did we play Mermaid Love by Man or Astro Man? Because I I'm think not I- sure. Actually, we didn't because I was playing back the show here. What we played, it was we didn't play it. Oh no, I just like hearing music that we play on there. Next we up, are, I already know what we said. Yeah. Next, next up, it's not an open challenge, but it's Saturine versus an opponent to be named. Um, I like Saturine's chances, mom. I actually like go for something different. The opponent to be named, the mysterious opponent. <laughs> We're gonna better not be the mysterious and handsome stranger. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Because I don't know whether that means that record can continue. Because I don't think Shikara and Wrestling Fun is considered the same. Yeah, I don't think Wrestling is Fun is considered canon to Shikara. Not really. They mentioned them before. They mentioned the shows, but it's not really the storylines don't necessarily affect what happens there. Yeah, it's kind of like they'll mention like maybe a match of them happening, but it. I think it still kind of keeps within it, but it's not really a part of it. It's kind of its own separate entity. Uh, match four. We've got Granakuma taking on somebody I've never seen before, Yaka. Or Jaka or Jacko or somebody that isn't Granakuma. Mm. I don't know. I, just because I don't know who the other guy is, I'm going to have to say Granakuma wins. Yeah, I'll probably go with Akuma on this one as well. Now, next up. Arguably the face of wrestling is fun. Dasha Hatfield. 
Taking on assailant. Mm. Um, you know, I actually go for assailant. Maybe one of the Gekido members gets a victory here, and wrestling is fun. I'm just going to say Dasha because okay, I'm biased just because of the fact that he was going absolutely apeshit over Demolition's music. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know who he is under the mask, but he's definitely he was definitely good played by colour colour commentator, should I say. And decent wrestler as well. But now th- this is one I know neither of these, but I've heard of one of them. Vaguely. And this is Oleg the Usurper versus Grizzly Redwood. Hmm. <laughs> um well, I, if you know how I feel on Grizzly Redwood, you'll know where I'm going here, and I'm going to say Oleg do a soup, Oleg do a soup, do a super. I can't. Now I'm fucking usurper. Up usurper. There we go. Well, you see, I'd heard of Grizzly Redwood, and I can't think why. Is this a need of a paperclip? Um, with the the guy has a huge beard. Very small dude. Steve Carino was pointing out on um, Border Wars how where's Grizzly Redwood or whatever. Or something to that. Or was it Border? It might have been Best in the World. I forgot which one. He was shooting on him. Well, Carino's pretty much shooting on everybody anytime he's, gonna, he's on commentary. And that's been like that for a long time, too. Well, if he's got a big beard, then that means he's on the same level as Jakob Hammermeyer and Daniel Bryan. So, yeah, Grizzly Redwood wins. <laughs> and then the main event, by the looks of it, for the Banana Championship. Yes, that is what it's called, Pete. Mm-hmm. The champion, Mr. Touchdown, Mark Angelicetti, taking on Mike Wackenbush. Ooh, this is... Uh. Um, I'm saying just said because I don't know how long he's held the title. It depends how long he's held the title. I'm gonna say quack because I just think it'll be because I think I don't know. Uh... Angela said he's got already too many titles as it is. He's got cups. He's got girlfriends. He's got a deal with somebody in a hat. Probably. But, yeah. The Banana Championship, I think, will be changing hands. But, as I said, that's that's free. Now, what I'm wondering is, are they trying to sort this video-on-demand thing with SmartMark in order to provide a sufficient, good enough service to be a paid service for an upcoming Chicago event. Because I think we'll have a quick turn to some of the stuff for Chicago because they've added a few matches. You've got for the match... Well, what I'm just wondering is could they could they be live-streaming Cibernetica Rises? And um, possibly... Their new final event of the year under the hood in December. 
maybe they filmed let they last uh, their first ever pay per view was of course their season finale last year high noon. Mm-hmm. So there's a possibility. I was, I was just wondering that the, the matches added for Zelda the Great on the Saturday the 10th of November. You've now got Granakuma versus Tim Donst. And points in play as Soldierant and Deviant take on Fist. Then for the piece of the action on Sunday, November 11th, we've got Dasher Hatfield versus Tim Donst. And fist on fist action. That's not supposed to sound rude, people. Please. Keep a hold of yourselves. It's Taylor and Gargano taking on Dunkerton and Icarus. Now the question is Does that count towards points as well? Which one? The Fist the versus fist? fist. Yeah. Yeah, any tag match. And the uh, does yeah, it any have tag to be match. those does it have to be exactly those two participants? Yes. Okay. So the points could still be in play depending what happens with Gargano and Taylor. Because then that because I was just wondering if Dunkerton and Icarus win, do do Fist lose their points and then gain them? <laughs> I was just wondering. I wasn't sure how it worked, but. The reason why I bring up Cibernetico Rises is because there was a very interesting match added to it this week. Obviously, you've got the Cibernetico tournament going on, but now you've got the Heartthrobs taking on the 1-2-3 Kid and Marty Gennetti, which, as we talked about with King of Trios last week, 1-2-3 Kid and Marty Gennetti have two points. If they manage to win at Cibernetico Rises... They can go for the Campio and they do Parejas, the, well, Shikara's tag titles. Uh, who are the Heartthrobs? Um, formerly from the WWE, Romeo Roselli and Antonio Thomas. Mostly seen on Heat effect, just seen on Heat. I think they made a few couple raw appearances, but the majority of their appearance on that show, once known as Heat. Oh, so it's a, it's a WWF card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, WWF meets. Would well, I don't know if they. Nah, they it was around '95 or yeah, like I, I'm not. Uh, I forgot when they teamed up exactly. If it was '95, that would be even funnier. '95 WWF versus 2005 WWE. No, because Marty was around in 2005. Well, yeah, he was too. He, he had that uh, match for sure, Michaels. The Rockers and the reunited, with, and the match with Angle that was that was pretty good too. That it seems like he was gonna do something, and then uh, as we mentioned, sadly to say, yeah, Marty being Marty, <laughs> as we use with Davy B and Davy, just sadly that's what they're known for. We would say Scott being Scott, or <laughs> whatever the case is, and not necessarily just because the abuse. It's just what we've seen him as, and you'll probably hear us using that a lot to mention. Somebody, and that will be our explanation. Just them acting like... Not necessarily what we'd expect them to do, but... Actually, yeah, that kind of is it. Or something like that. Either way, that's the explanation for that. Son? (laughs) (laughs) With that... (laughs) With that, that's all we have time for for this week's episode of The Whole Indie Show.
So make sure you catch all the programming here on the network. We've got Live Show Wise, Wrestling News Live every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern with JJ and Bronx. We've got TNA Chat Live with Bronx at 10.30 every Thursday evening. Friday nights you've got the open book with Sean and myself uh, at 11 Eastern. Then this Sunday coming, WWE pay-per-view means Sunday night showdown, which is at 8 p.m. Eastern with JJ, hopefully Harmony, also uh, Mark, the Shark DiCarlo, and by, by the sounds of it, Bronx as well. Should be very interesting. And don't forget, Sunday Night Showdown is there for all the pay-per-views from WWE and TNA. Uh, not just this coming weekend. You know, we got the... I think what it's called. Turning Point coming up in November for TNA. And then WWE Survivor Series next month. It should be interesting. If you, if you believe all the rumours. If you don't, it'll be rubbish. Whatever. Uh, Randy, what podcast do we have? Well, we have a few podcasts here on the show. We, of course, have Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman, the last episode, pre, uh, talking about wrestling's scariest entrance themes. I don't know, what would you say is your scariest theme? Um, I don't know. It's probably... Probably not, not just the way it sounds, Sting. Yeah, Sting kind of has a very eerie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one WCW f- one, not the TNA one. Yeah, not the at TNA all. one's just somebody on ADHD going mad with a guitar. Hmm. <sighs> I'd say one of my fate. Um, oh, who was I about to say right now? I just had somebody in my head. Oh, well, we'll skip that. Ask me another time. And, you know, I'll say... Oh, no, Kane's kind of, you know... Not really scary, but just say... Especially if you've heard the Out of the Fire version that uh, that Typo Negative did. They were I'd say that one has a really good sound to it. But to go on to the other podcast, you have Running the Ropes with Mev and... Um, uh, what should I... Am I joking that I'm forgetting his main? Yeah, Botchamania. (laughs) Maybe that is the botch. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Botchamania. From Botchamania. (laughs) Botchamania's own Mafuna. Botchamania's Crelly. Or Crelly Crelly as seen in Botchamania and Bound for Glory and anything that he will remind you of (laughs) that Mm. you will see him in. And you also have another podcast, The Hard Way, that just had an episode recently. And, of course, our favorites, the Elite Force Podcast Midweek Weekend Edition. And, hey, somebody that's on this show might be on here pretty soon, and it's not me. Yes, bro, sorry. <laughs> no, just kidding. I, th- I, th- I think it might be me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm dealing in time travel now. You're going through the tardies? No. I wanted to go through a phone booth, damn it. 
especially with especially if I especially if I had Karen Gillian next to me. I don't know. And that's my some le- of my limited my, my, Doctor Who knowledge, <laughs> but she is hot. <laughs> my, my, la- my latest copy of some lads mag from over here has got the new assistant's boobs out, so I'm going with her. <laughs> or we'll go with... I'll probably need to take a find a picture of who this is <laughs> and view for myself. But of course, you can also check out the podcast that you're listening to right now as well, the whole indie show, so... Go on and check out our future episodes. This episode, even though if you're listening to us right now, you already are. So we thank you for that and for downloading all the other fine shows on the SNS Radio Network. And now I do believe it's time for the song of... Tease for next week. Next week, I think we somehow in part or... I wouldn't. I wouldn't say dedicate a whole segment to, but talk about the PWI Women's Fifty and go through it. Not not in as much great detail as the last one, considering that went on for way too long. <laughs> but we'll certainly there's some places there which are interesting places. We'll also probably talk the wrestling is fun show. And we'll cover the PWG results and picks-wise next week. is probably going to be Dragon Gate's free shows over the weekend. Because we will give the, we'll give our picks for Friday as well, because... It, just because I want to do that. And yeah. it makes more sense to do it like that. Uh, anything else that you want to bring up and want to bring to our attention, make sure you email in. You can get them into it. Now, for this week, because of some technical issues, we're just reverting to the old email address for now, which is sns.twis at yahoo.com. Just for this week only, because there's a bit of a complication that seems to have arisen with the email. Hopefully we can get it sorted for next week's show and then there's only one email address that you have to worry about. So, with that, Randy, any final words? Um, none really that I can think of. I don't know if there's anything I really want to throw out there. I don't know. My birthday's coming up, so. And it would have been funny, too, because it had, had Wrestling News Live still been on Mondays, I would have had my birthday on WNL, so. That would have been an interesting sight. Instead, you have it on a shitty three-hour roll. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have another Broncos-Chargers game, so... I'll probably be happy for my birthday, but that would fucking suck if the Broncos lost the week of... Especially to the Chargers, who I mentioned my hate for them last week. Or you've heard you mean, it at the beginning and the end of the show. <laughs> you mean Denver, Colorado, the place, not the person. Oh, yeah, the man, the place, not the person, Yes. <laughs> yes. So, the new owner of uh, Chris Denver, Colorado, or Drew Cordero, uh, the owner of Beyond Wrestling and WSU, it was also a commentator during nights two and three of King and Trios this year. Good so, guy, from what I've heard, yeah. too. So, all, so, let's hope all goes well for him, and he's named after the place I was born in, so... That's pretty fucking cool, too. <laughs> so, with that, uh, Song of the Night, 
dedicated to the upcoming pay-per-view this weekend from WWE. Arcade Fires, My Body is a Cage, Genius Track. So with that... You mean no Black Veil Bride? No. <laughs> <Does it mean>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> with that... Some critically acclaimed music for you. <laughs> this was Ashley. That was Randy. And all of this was your weekly slice of indie goodness for Halloween week or whatever you want to call it. So, happy spooks. And we'll see you next week. Read your neon Bibles in three, two, one. And if you want a neon Bible that actually has lights on it, Davy Richards will pay you double. <laughs> My body is a cage that keeps me from dancing with the one I love. But my mind holds the key. My body is a cage that keeps me from dancing with the one I love. But my mind. Standing on the
us never speak of this again. 